you. All right, good morning, everyone. Hi, my name is Lydia Choi, and I am one of the pastors here at Bethany. And I want to welcome you and also welcome those that are joining us online today. Welcome. So in the past few weeks, we've been studying through the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that I prayed as a little girl. Um, I remember praying as far as my memory takes me back. Um, The Lord's Prayer really became a gift to me. Because as a little girl, I didn't fully understand what I was praying But I prayed the Lord's Prayer when I had episodes of seizures growing up, and I experienced peace. I prayed the Lord's Prayer when I was lost in the woods during fourth grade camp. I was scared, I was crying, but in the middle of it all, I prayed the Lord's Prayer, and I experienced God's protection and His goodness. I prayed the Lord's Prayer in my teen years. I felt like the world was against me. It was not easy. I know some of you are teenagers in this room, and some of of us are at camp right now, but those that are in this room, I know. But through praying the Lord's Prayer, I experienced God's presence in my life. You guys, you guys are not alone. God is with you. I prayed the Lord's Prayer with my children, and I experienced God's love. I prayed the Lord's Prayer in nations where sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ was banned. I prayed the Lord's Prayer in countries where they were at war. I physically went and petitioned for the kingdom of God. And I experienced the power of prayer. And today we will be unpacking Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, sorry, chapter 6 verse 10. Or you can follow along on our screen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to fill this room with your presence. May we be overwhelmed by your presence in this room. And I pray, Lord, that the words that will, be spe- that will be spoken today will not be just words of knowledge, but I pray, Lord, for your anointing upon this place, that we will receive your word with reverence, that we will not just hear your word, but that we will believe. So give us, Lord, the faith to believe your word. And I pray, Lord, um, for a holy moment in this place today, that as we receive your word, that we will receive it in gratitude, receive your word in humility. So we thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So here we are, petitioning to God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I will bluntly say it right now, this prayer will turn your world, and it has turned my world upside down. It will change the way you see the world. You will be going against the grain of where the world is heading. It will change the way you're living the world. 
In Romans 12, Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it will change the way you see people in this world. Jesus says many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And I know some of you here might not want this at all. You're thinking, I am happy with my life. Living the American dream, whatever that is anymore, right? I don't know what that is anymore. Nice house, (laughs) if we can afford one, right? Stable jobs, a promotion, beautiful family. You made the varsity team. You started dating the special person of your dreams. You got into your dream college. And some of you are just starting to make money. And you're feeling good about where you are. You are comfortable, enjoying the pleasures of life. You're content. So you might wonder, do I really want to be part of this upside-down kingdom? There's going to be disruption. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be part of the kingdom? Are you ready? I'm happy with where I am. I don't want any disruption in my life. And some of you might feel skeptical. But let me tell you, the kingdom of God is far beyond what you and I can imagine. Yes, it will turn your world upside down, but in the most beautiful way, in an unimaginable way. So today I'm going to um, tackle three questions with you. First, your kingdom come. What does this mean? Second, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's God's will? Third, so what now? It's like big three questions. And I was telling our volunteer in, in the, um, as we were praying for you today, I said, this is probably like a seminary class for like a semester. And I'm going to try to do this in one hour. Wow. And um, so it's going to sound a little bit teachy. And I don't have a joke for you today, so I'm sorry, but that's who I am. You're supposed to laugh. Okay. No, <laughs> Never mind. Okay. So let's get to the text. First. Your kingdom come, what does that mean? Okay, in Matthew 3, 2-6, John the Baptist preached this. He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. The good news is that Jesus Christ is here on earth. The long-awaited kingdom has come near. Darrell Johnson, that pastor, explains, he says this, he says, Jesus is announcing that in him and because of him, the future reign of God is spoken of by the prophets. The glorious new order of life is both just about to dawn on the world and is dawning right now. So the glorious new order of life is both just about to dawn on the world and is dawning right now. Right now. Right now. Therefore, after Jesus frees a demon-possessed man, he says to the Pharisees, Pharisees in the Matthew, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
In Luke 16, 16, Jesus says, The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the goodness of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing their way into it. Okay, here's a quote. Sorry, I'm quoting a lot. Here's a quote from um, Mortimer Arias of Bolivia. He says, Jesus was baptized by John. And John's disciples became the first disciples of Jesus. But between the two, the threshold of the centuries has been crossed. John presented the end of one era before the kingdom. And Jesus, the beginning of another, the era of the kingdom. The year of the Lord's reign. So through Jesus, the time before the kingdom is finished. The time of the kingdom has begun. And this is where we see a, um, a glimpse of God's kingdom in the ministry of Jesus on earth. Jesus turns water into wine. Jesus, the, the crazy thing about this is Jesus didn't need grapes to turn water into wine. We witness the power of God in Jesus' first miracles. That is the kingdom of God come near. Jesus gives sight to the blind, heals the deaf. That is the kingdom of God come near. Jesus tells a paralytic man to pick up his mat and walk. That is the kingdom of God near. Jesus sees the desperation and the faith of the woman suffering from chronic bleeding. He heals her. That is the kingdom of God near. Jesus brings the dead back to life. That is the kingdom of God. Jesus liberated those captive and demonic powers. That is um, the kingdom of God. Jesus cares for the poor, children, and widows. That is the kingdom of God. Jesus welcomes those that are disowned by society. Jesus welcomes the woman at the well. He befriended the prostitute, allowing her to touch his feet and clean his feet with her tears and hair. Jesus dines at the table with sinners. Jesus gives dignity to those those that are undignified. And my friends, that is the kingdom of God. Jesus, the king, dies on the cross, resurrected from the grave in three days. The kingdom of God is here right now. But not yet. The kingdom of God is partially already, but not fully yet. Daryl Johnson, uh, um, a pastor, he says this. The real good news is that in Jesus, the new order is already among us. But in a veiled, hidden form. It is not yet among us in a visible, manifest form. That is the mystery of the kingdom, which Jesus taught in his parables. The presence of the kingdom cannot be separated from the presence of the king. The kingdom is wherever the king is. He and the kingdom are one. When the king is present, so is the kingdom. Indeed, The kingdom is present only where Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is king. 
Jesus Christ the King has already come. And yet, Jesus Christ the King is still to come. That is why the kingdom of God is already, but not yet. But this doesn't mean that God is partially here. Jesus is already completely here. The kingdom has come, is still to come, and is here. King Jesus is here. Right where you are, in your home, in your workplaces, in your school, and in our city, right here in Shoreline. But he's here in hidden form. He's veiled. And on the day of the Lord, Jesus' second coming, God will unveil the world, what is the true right now. That the crucified carpenter is the king of the universe over all the kings and queens of this world. On that day, the power and the glory of Jesus will be made visible to everyone. To everyone. 1 Peter chapter 1 says this, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So now my second question. What does it mean when we petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Jesus spoke of the will of the Father throughout his ministry on earth. Around the age 33, right, um, and 40, maybe, 33 to 40, Jesus, just before his crucifixion, prays at the Garden of um, Gethsemane. He falls to his face to the ground and prays. And this is what it says in Matthew. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not, I, yet not as I will, but as you will. And then Jesus went away a second time and prayed again. He says this, My Father, it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. May your will be done. Jesus lived his whole life in obedience to the Father's will. The Father's will is that we know him, that we love the Father the way Jesus loves us. Father's will is that we be holy. First Peter 1 says, But just as, he, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy. Because I am holy. Father's will is that we look to Jesus. In John 6, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up, to, raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone looks to the Son, and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise up at the last day. The Father's will is for us to live the kingdom life. 
Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer right in the middle of a sermon he preaches in the mountain, which is called the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, um, in the Beatitudes, Jesus explains what living the kingdom of life looks like. This is kingdom life, guys. Ready? Matthew 5, this is the Beatitudes. Beautiful. So follow along with me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And CEB translates it, happy are the people who are hopeless, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Dale Brunner says, your will be done means then your sermon on the mount be done. So whatever what we just read, the sermon on the mount be done here in Seattle. Jesus teaches us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. Why? Because hating our enemies goes against the reality of God's kingdom. Eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That goes against the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, the last will be first. It's not going to be about power, money, success, achievement, or fame. God's kingdom loves the weak and poor, forgiving your enemies, loving them, and seeking peace. It is us living in this upside-down kingdom. The kingdom of God is all about love, joy, peace, righteousness. God fully dwelling with us. So the third question, so what now? I think the answer is pretty straightforward. It's praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Petitioning, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray this prayer with joy in anticipation of God's work being done on earth, living the beatitudes that we read in Matthew chapter 5. And at Bethany, we have several ways you can live this prayer with us. Um, there is a Vision House Serve Day on March 25th. And this is when you can also bring your phone out to um, <laughs> scan the QR code. Vision House is a transitional home that helps break the cycle of homelessness for families with family. 
with children. And on serve day, we will be gardening, cleaning, and taking care of their grounds. Um, and you can sign up at the website that's provided on your um, bulletin, or you can also sign up at the lobby. We have a table for Vision House out in the lobby today. And that's a way I think we can um, serve our community. And some of you might have also heard of the Asbury Revival that started in Asbury, Kentucky, in the middle of like nowhere, literally, in a small town in Kentucky. The students had their regular chapel, but even after the chapel ended, students continued to worship God. And this lasted for weeks. The students were experiencing a strong presence of the Holy Spirit in a fresh new way. They were coming forward, repenting, receiving Jesus as their king, forgiving, being healed. People all over, not just America, over the world started coming to see what God was doing at Asbury College. Even the secular news, um, news, CNN, New York Times, NPR, I think most of the mainline news um, papers, they all started reporting what was happening. And now... The revival is happening in other college campuses as well. God is moving in our nation. God is moving in this world. When my family were on missions in China and Korea, a pastor um, started, shared with us that we're praying for America. And here we are, Americans, trying to do missions in these countries. And they're telling us that they're praying for us. I was like, okay, thank you. And, and they said... I am sensing that America is moving away from God. So they said, us here, we pray for your country. We're praying for you. People in America, some of us have lost trust in church. Our young people are skeptical. Church attendance is actually declining. And there are churches that are closing their doors. Some churches, beautiful buildings, are being turned into cafes, dance halls, museums, or even someone's home. We need to be a church that lives God's kingdom on earth. We need to live in the upside-down kingdom. Upside-down kingdom that takes us to creation when there was no sin. All was perfect. Upside down Seattle. I have a beautiful photo. I took this at Cary Park. And I love going to Cary Park. And I realize I love it because I get to go and see, see Seattle. And wonder about all the people that are living in Seattle. That work in Seattle. And pray that God's kingdom will be in Seattle. So your kingdom come. Your will be done in Seattle as it is in heaven, in Shoreline as it is in heaven, in Edmonds as it is in heaven, in your workplace as it is in heaven, at Microsoft, Amazon, Starbucks, what else is there? Expedia and Facebook, Google, and all, maybe even your businesses as it is in heaven, in your school, in Shorewood High School as it is in heaven, in your home as it is in heaven, and in Bethany, as it is in heaven. 
And at Bethany, we will be hosting a 24-7 um, prayer during the Holy Week. If you're wondering, that is 168 hours of non-stop praying. We're going to ask you to sign up for one hour, and you can find the link on the bulletin. Pastor Brad, one of the location pastors at Ballard, he shared this with me. He said, through 24-7 prayer, we will ask God to work in ways we've never seen before in Bethany, in Seattle. Isn't that exciting to see God at work in ways that we have never witnessed? That is super exciting. We need to be excited about this. We're going to ask um, for for God to save people, that people will get saved. We're asking for families and relationships to be restored. We're asking for people to be healed of sicknesses and addictions. And we're going to be asking that God will shine light upon the people in the streets of Aurora, in the streets of Seattle. We're asking for resurrection. We're praying for people to move from death to life found Onik in Jesus Christ. Church, I have friends who have been praying for a revival at Asbury for many years. And God heard their prayers. And God moved in a powerful way. The revival didn't just happen. It's been many years of prayer that led up to that. Prayed, fasting, kneeling, crying for the younger generation in our nation. They need Jesus. Our young generation needs Jesus. And I want to invite you to join me as we pray for our revival in our city. A few weeks ago, I was driving from the 520 bridge from Redmond to Seattle, I guess Bellevue to Seattle. And God led me to pray for Seattle. It was a beautiful day, and you can see the Cascade Mountains. I started praying for the people in Seattle, for our youth. If you think about youth... They've lived two years of no relationship, being quarantined, no socialization, no community. They've lost two years of their lives. And I know a lot of our youth is feeling very disconnected from God, praying for those our youth, because they are the future. They are the future. And then praying for Bethany. And then God started leading me to pray for young people, for the college students. And then I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, go and pray for SBU. I don't even have any affiliations with SBU. But I still went because I used their library. Maybe that's why. <laughs> right? I have to study. <laughs> so God led me to pray, and he said, go and pray for SBU. So here I am. It's like older lady, right? Walking around SBU, praying like crazy for the university. For God's kingdom to be in SPU as it is in heaven. God led me to intercede, even for colleges and people that I didn't know. And that is kingdom at work. And God is calling you to pray. Where do you want to see heaven? Where in in your life? Maybe your workplace, your neighborhood, your city. Where do you want to see God's kingdom be? Where do you want to ask for God to bring in in earth as it is in heaven? 
how is God calling you to pray? I believe in a great God, and so do you. And church, join me. As we are not citizens of this world, but we're citizens of the kingdom. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is here. And as citizens, God is calling us to the kingdom work here on earth. I am called, but you are also called. Um, we're gonna join, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer, um, and then we'll have the band come, ba- band come up, and we'll pray, and then we'll enter a time of communion. Let us pray first. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in Seattle as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in our schools as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in the universities as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in the streets of Aurora, in in downtown Seattle, the streets of downtown Seattle, Jesus, as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in the dark places of our mind and our hearts as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in the hurts, um, in the hurting places that that we're experiencing as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come here in Bethany, here in this place as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is here in our hearts. The kingdom of God is in our lives. And God is calling you to come. 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 The kingdom of God is present right here. Come and receive my love. Receive my healing. Receive my forgiveness. The kingdom of God is already here. It is already here. And God is calling us to live that upside-down kingdom. And Lord, we don't know what that means. We really honestly don't know what that will look like in the lifestyle that we might be living. But I pray, Lord, that you'll give us the joy and the longing wanting to be part of your kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you will unveil so that we can see the kingdom at work in this place. We long, Jesus, to see you. And we're so grateful because you come and meet us where we are. Friends, there is nothing to be embarrassed about where you are in life because Jesus, with his unconditional love, will meet you exactly where you are in life. So God, 
We give you our glory. We give you our love. And we give you our worship to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.